What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Walk Podcast. Today, we are continuing our Testimony Tuesday series with none other than Zach Henderson. He is one of our junior high pastor, the junior high pastor here at our church, and uh, he just does an amazing job at uh, leading students in their relationship with Christ, and I think that he's going to have a, a great story of how he found Christ and how he's grown within that that he gets to share with y'all today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Trevor. I'm excited to be here. Um, so just a little bit about me. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, mother and father. Uh, church was not an option for us. Um, and so since, since man, since I was a baby, uh, I grew up at a small Baptist church in Lutz, Florida, which is in a suburb right outside of Tampa, about 20 minutes north. Um, and so naturally, you know, growing up in, in a Christian home, you know, I thought everything was was great. You know, I thought that I knew who Jesus was. I knew what it meant to know Jesus. Um, I knew about God. I knew about the Holy Spirit. Um, but I don't think I fully knew. And so uh, when I was seven years old, I gave my life to Christ for the first time. Um, and so with that, you know, I, I I say I gave my life to Christ. I, I wanted, I more so wanted to uh, get my get into heaven card, uh, if you will. And so I thought, you know, I want to accept God into my life and Jesus into my life because I want to, when I die, go to heaven. You know, and the question was asked, like, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd go? And I wanted to be able to answer that, like, yeah, I'm going to heaven. You know, as every seven-year-old kid wants to think that the whole world is all good still. <clears throat> but um, we all know that it's more than just a, a go-to-heaven card, right? And so for me, as a seven-year-old, I didn't understand what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, I didn't fully grasp what uh, a relationship was like with someone I couldn't see, someone I couldn't feel, someone I couldn't like, you know, have any senses of other than in my heart. And so that for me, that was confusing, but I knew I wanted to go to heaven. And so fast forward uh, to, to my junior high years, um, is when I was first introduced to to pornography. And so I was over at a friend's house after our, our football game on a Saturday. And he's like, dude, I got to show you this video. And I was like, okay, you know, like having no idea what it was. And he put in a VHS, which I know none of you guys know what a VHS is, but he pops in this VHS. And lo and behold, were some very graphic images of things that I had never seen before. And I, you know, kind of freaked out because I didn't know what what was going on. Um, but for him, you know, as a, a 11, 12 year old kid, it, it seemed to be normal. And so me trying to, you know, be cool, you know, I played calm, cool and collect. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, cool, you know, like, whatever, dude. Um, but deep down aside, I was like, what in the world was this? You know, it, again, as my first experience ever seeing any sort of images like this, uh, I was just befuddled. I was really confused. I didn't know what to think. Um, but I do believe that that day impacted my life for the next six to seven years in a negative way. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, <clears throat> but when I fast forward to, to my high school, uh, going into freshman year, um, I began to, to hear more about what pornography was and, you know, all the cool kids, if you will, started talking about it. And, you know, you and I both know that they're actually not very cool. Um, but you know, they started talking about it and I was like, okay, you know, and so naturally I, I got curious and I, I began to do my own, you know, searching on the inter interweb to see what this was all about. Um, 
And as soon as I did that, I, I got hooked, you know, and, and sadly to say that, uh, having an addiction and having a season of life where, you know, it, it, it took a hold of my life and I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it, you know? And so for freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, going into college, um, I had a, a serious problem and I didn't let anybody know I had a serious problem. I didn't want anyone to know I had a serious problem. Um, and to be honest with you at the time, I don't even know if I knew that it was a serious problem, right? As, as a 27 year old now looking back, uh, I'm well aware that it was uh, a significant issue. Um, but it wasn't until, uh, I met Jenna, my, my senior year. And for those that don't know, Jenna is now my wife. We'll be married, um, for five years in November. Uh, and actually today is our 10 year dating anniversary, May 11th, 2011, uh, we started dating and today is May 11th, 2021. So crazy to think that, you know, 10 years later, she, she put up with me for this long, but I'm so glad she did. Um, but anyway, it, it wasn't until I met her and we began in, in my freshman year of college to talk about what life would look like in marriage. You know, what does life look like in marriage? And I, I just had this corrupt vision uh, and images in my mind of, of women, you know, because when you when you're addicted to and when you lean on and when you uh, man, when you just you urge for these images, this it corrupts your mind to think that this is how women should be treated. This is what women have to offer. This is what God made sex to be. And that's just a lie straight from Satan, you know, and, and for me, I didn't. I didn't know that at the time. I knew that it was wrong, obviously, but I didn't know the the long-term effect it would have just from seeing images. And I say that because when I reflect now and I look back now, some of those images were in my head up until, you know, getting married to Jenna in, in 2016, you know, and, and it's not fair to her and it's not fair to me for the expectations to be met of what Hollywood has portrayed sex as and what Hollywood has portrayed intimacy as because God has made intimacy very special. God has made intimacy with a woman, with a married, with your spouse to be very special. And it is extremely special. However, taken out of context and taking uh, outside of marriage, it is very destructive, extremely destructive. And I know I've had conversations with uh, different students uh, along the uh, over the last couple of years who, A, don't know the destructiveness of pornography because in their mind, they're not actually, you know, acting upon these relations with with women, right? Like, oh, well, I'm not I'm not having sex or I'm not doing these things. I'm just watching it. Right. And so in their mind, they're like, I'm doing I'm better than, you know, the people who are acting. And that's not true. It's simply not true because what you're doing is you're corrupting your mind and you're implementing these images of, of women, of how men should treat women, of what intimacy is supposed to be. Um, and, and it's all just a lie. It's, it's just not true. It's not reality. And so when you get into a serious relationship, you have all these expect expectations that are never met because Hollywood has been lying to you for you know X amount of years. And so uh, with that battle throughout high school, um, <clears throat> I played football in high school as well. And so naturally I wanted to, I wanted, I had an urge to be the Christian leader on the team. Um, but I also had the urge to be friends and cool with everybody. And so this constant nag and pull of 
culture and Christianity and culture and Christianity was a real, it was really tough. You know, it was, it was tough to try to impress your pastor, tough to try to impress your family, tough to try to impress your siblings by living out your Christian walk while also impressing your friends who aren't Christians and who, who, who look up to you and, and maybe want to hang out with you, but they think you're weird because you go to church or they think you're weird because you say no every time they ask to go to a party or they think you're weird because your parents don't let you stay out till 2 a.m. and do things that you probably shouldn't be doing. Right. And so that was the constant battle um, that I had, you know, and, and many times because of, you know, swearing was another issue I had because of that and because of just different things and how I treated people all stemming back to uh, just the images of pornography and, and the, the derogativeness of what men act in, in those films and how men treat other people, you know, it started to wear off on me. And so as a guy, a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior in high school, claiming to be Christian, but acting in a way that doesn't represent Jesus at all, you know, I had those comments that that rip into anyone who 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 says one thing is not living it out. It's right as, oh, you're if you're such a Christian, then why do you do this? You know, if you're such a Christian, then why'd you say that? And those those comments stuck with me for a very long time. In fact, I came across a picture on Facebook the other day um, of some friends back then who who were the ones making those comments. And I was just like, man, I wish I could just have a conversation with them now so they can see where I've come in my relationship with Jesus and how Jesus has impacted my life and how Jesus can impact their life. And so looking back to, to high school, uh, is it was, it was a dark time. Um, but while I was in the midst of it, I didn't know I was in a dark time. Um, and so fast forward a little bit to my, my sophomore year in college, Jen and I have been dating for two years now, but, um, I just really felt like the Lord was speaking to me in a way that I'd never really been spoken to from him before. Um, I was at East Texas Baptist university, uh, in Marshall, Texas. Um, and I was playing football there. Um, but there is a, a men's group that met every Tuesday night and we just basically sat down with a pastor in the area and just dove into scriptures and we dove into Romans. And if you know anything about Romans, you know, a, it's extremely difficult to interpret and it is just a very deep, uh, and theologically, uh, sound, uh, book of the Bible. And so <clears throat> as a guy, uh, 20 years old at the time who had never truly read the Bible on his own, uh, never studied the word on his own, uh, just was kind of the church goer. And don't get me wrong. I was at every church event in high school, every church event in junior high, cause I love going to church, but my personal relationship, which I talked about earlier was just never there. I never fully understood the personal relationship until my sophomore year. And so I was in this men's group, um, for a couple weeks and just felt like the Lord was really tugging on me um, to have a very difficult conversation with Jenna. Um, and so Jenna and I had this difficult conversation. Um, at the time, Jenna didn't know Jesus. I had been trying to get her to um, go to church and, and find a relationship with Jesus um, since we've been dating. But honestly, you know, in her defense, why would she want a relationship with a guy who I talk about but don't act about, you know? And so for her, I'm sure it was difficult to to be in that situation of me basically saying, hey, look, God's been teaching me this. And I don't think I can pursue our relationship because of some things that you know we had done in the past. And I just don't think that it's healthy for us to continue this relationship because 
I feel like the God's calling me to a life of purity. God's calling me to 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 marry a woman who is equally yoked. The Bible talks about being equally yoked with your spouse. Um, and sadly, like right now, it's just I don't see that with you, right? And so you can imagine she she felt devastated. She didn't understand how someone could break up with them simply for a spiritual aspect when everything else physically, emotionally, and everything was going great. Um, and so long story short, obviously, we, most of you guys know, if you don't know, we are down married, like I said, been married for five years. Um, so we broke up for about six months. I came back home for the summer or for spring break or for something, and I saw her. Uh, and instantly, you know, I obviously I wanted her back, you know, and, and in that time, God truly began to work in her life because it took her to a point of, of hurt. It took her to a point of devastation and she didn't really know where to turn, you know, and I, I still tried to keep in contact with her. I still tried to push her to, to church and, and by the grace of God, she, she began going to church on her own. She began to read scriptures on her own. She began to, to want to know who this Jesus was that I found. Um, and that was willing to lose a relationship with her in hopes that she would find. Um, and it was through that time that was extremely difficult through that time that we grew uh, as a couple, as a dating couple, the most that I, I would say, looking back um, in the in the 10 years that we were dating. Um, and so just going back to, uh, you know, the pornography aspect, I just I had these images and I had these these requirements, if you will, or these ideas that I thought that Jenna had to to meet. And every time I brought these up to a good buddy of mine or to a pastor, they're like, Zach, those those images and those those videos and those expectations are just not reality. They're not reality. If you look in scripture, uh, scripture talks about the intimacy between a husband and a wife. And that's between you and a wife. It's not between it's not an expectation you set upon your wife, but it's an expectation or it's, it's a it's a intimacy moment, but just between you two. Um, and so. If there was one thing I want you guys to, to take away just from my testimony today, it would be be careful what you watch, because while it may not seem to have an impact on your life right now, I promise you it's going to. Whether that be watching pornography, whether that be listening to certain music that has um, provocative words, whether that be different movies that you watch that are inappropriate, those things stick with you. You know, and I tell my junior high students all the time, whatever you eat, you're going to poop out. Whatever you're feeding your spirit with is going to come out. Whatever you're listening to is going to come out of your mouth. Whatever images you're putting in your mind are going to stick in your mind and you're going to expect someone else to meet. Don't do that to yourself. In fact, I want to urge you to, to begin to dive into scripture on your own. Start in Romans. It's going to be extremely difficult for you to understand. Ask questions. It's going to be extremely difficult uh, for you to interpret, but ask questions. It's going to it's going to tug on your heartstrings a lot, but ask questions. You can never ask enough questions, whether that be from Trevor, whether that be from me, from from a pastor, from a friend, from a mentor, whoever that be. Ask questions. Dive into scripture and ask questions, because the only way that you are ever going to be able to to get rid of these strongholds is through Jesus, is through scriptures and knowing that. While you accept God into your life, it's not just a go to heaven free card, right? I was listening to a to a sermon a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about the grace of God, right? And just because God has given grace does not give you a ticket to sin, 
right? And I think a lot of the times uh, the church has taught that, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved. And while I believe that to be true, I think there's a difference between an emotional decision and a true salvation. And I think you need to ask yourself that question. And I think you need to have those conversations with people who can speak truth into your life to know what a true salvation looks like. Because there's this word called repentance that comes with salvation. And if you're not willing to repent, and repentance means to totally turn away from sin, then I would be willing to bet you haven't truly accepted Jesus into your heart. Because it's 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 a process. It's not just asking Jesus into your heart. Okay, I've got my get out of hell free card. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to live the, the, the life the rest of the way I want to. Nope, that's not how it works. You know, again, there's there's repentance. And if you're not willing to repent again, you need to check your relationship with Jesus. So Trevor, all that to say, but um, hopefully, uh, you know, my story can can touch someone who's struggling in those times. Um, a kind of a, an action point, if you're currently struggling with inappropriate screen content, an action point would be is is seek help. Seek help. Yes, reading the scriptures is great. And, and God is is going to uh remove that stronghold in your life but you need to to go to somebody and have them keep you accountable for me that person was jason white he's currently in indonesia uh, in indonesia as a missionary but we were best friends in high school um and we we it's kind of silly but we did this thing where <clears throat> every month we have a competition who could go the most days without looking at inappropriate screen content and if i lost or he lost i had to buy him lunch if if he lost he had to buy me lunch and while it sounded silly, it was always in my mind. I was like, oh, man, I got to beat Jason today. I can't slip up. Oh, man, I got to beat Jason today. I can't slip up. And while it's the wrong motive, it was a benefit to me. It was the wrong motive because I shouldn't have been trying to do it for Jason. I should have been doing it for myself and because that's what God has called me to do. But it has to start somewhere where you become open, you become vulnerable, you become honest with one person that you can trust and that you know is not going to take your business and, and run somewhere and tell people and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you would do that. But find that one person you trust and be open and vulnerable with them. Tell them what you're struggling with. Ask them how, uh, how they can help. Tell them how they can help You know, and, and have them hold you accountable because that's what we need. Iron sharpens iron is what the, is what the Bible says. And you know that's the only way, uh, especially as men, I, I feel, it's the only way uh, for us for me personally to, to grow is having someone tell me, yo, dude, you messed up. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I didn't want to hear that, but yeah, you're right. So Trevor, again, I, I appreciate you, you having me. Um, like I said, hopefully this can, can speak to someone who is maybe in the same struggle that I once was in. Um, but, but know this is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That light is Jesus and just run to it, run to it with open arms. Cause he's got his arms open waiting for you to run to him. Thank you for listening to another episode. I uh, hope Zach's story was able to encourage you and um, possibly give you some advice if that's something that you're struggling with as well. If you want to keep updated with Zach and follow him on his journey, he'll be tagged in our next Instagram post talking about this episode here. You can follow us at the.walk.podcast on Instagram and uh, keep up with us there. All right, y'all have a great week.